Today's show is sponsored by Rolf Harris's Discount Haggis. Can you tell what it's made from? <laughs> Hello, you're listening to The Technical Difficulties. I'm Tom Scott. Joining me in the studio today, please welcome, he reads books you know, it's Chris Joel. Caveat emptor. Hill for leisure, not for speed, it's Gary Brannan. Underground, overground, wombling free, the wombles of Wimbledon Common are mine. (laughs) 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 That's that's a bit like expanding their communist doctrine into true Stalinism. (laughs) (laughs) You see what I did there? (laughs) And the bounteous man on radio, Matt Gray. 20% extra free. Ooh, that's oh. actually not a bad offer on Matt Gray. I don't think you you normally don't go lower than that. Oh, he does. <laughs> hey! <laughs> the way the show works is very simple. In front of you, I've got a classic deck of trivia question cards from 1984. I'm going to read out the answers. All you have to do is guess the questions. Each one you get right gets a point and a ding. Woo! And a bonus prize for particularly good answers, which is... Mystery Biscuits! Oh, yeah. All right. If everybody's ready, we start with Halloween. 31st of October. I mean, it is. That's not actually the question. Uh, what is the festival of All Hallows Eve? Oh, very close. All Saints Day. There we go. Day before All Saints Day is Halloween, and presumably the day after Mischief Night, although that was... Whoa, we've had this bit of Mischievous Night. When is Mischievous Night to you? No idea. Never heard of it. What? See, I've only ever heard of it from my parents. It never really happened when Mischievous I was Mischievous Night is the night before Halloween, but some say it's the night before Bonfire Night. Do you want to explain what it is for these guys? Mischief Night is basically a night where one, as a child, can dick around. And you can get away with it. Wait, yeah. Were you a naughty boy and you no, were no, only no. allowed to do stuff once a year? No, in in well, we say dick around in the terms of from the level of knock a door run up to the level of dog shit in a bag that's on fire. I don't think they would have dared to give the people of Rotherham carte blanche to do that. I think they had problems enough without a free pass. That's actually why the London riots got out of hand. It was just mischief uh, night early. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, that'd be great if the chief constable of London came out and went. That's just mischief. Your next answer then. Sherlock Holmes. And a bit of a hint here. We're looking for his later career, something he did when he retired. Yes. Beekeeping. Oh, straight Boom. in. Boom. <laughs> I like how you put your hand up to answer I know, that. I don't know why I did. I've never done that all the way through. Does that mean we've legitimately got Sherlock Holmes coming, coming in, in bees? <laughs> <laughs> well, that- Just stood there covered in bees playing the violin. Take <laughs> that, Moriarty. <laughs> Would that help or hinder him? Because would it speed up his decision-making and cut down on the coke, is what I'm thinking. (laughs) (laughs) It's more if Moriarty turns out to have an allergy. That would just be brilliant. (laughs) Get him, boys! (laughs) (laughs) Just throws his hands forwards. (laughs) A shower of honey. (laughs) That's quite a good superpower, actually. Control over bees. (laughs) The Sherlock Holmes has that superpower. Control over bees. I just like the idea that he's kind of shaping this cloud of bees with his hand and then just sending it towards his enemies. <laughs> that doesn't have to be Sherlock Holmes. I just want to see that superhero. Oh, no, I think it has to be Sherlock Holmes. It has to that. be. be awesome. Deer Stalker and Pipe while he's doing it. Yeah, yeah, he only ever launches one hand's worth of bees because he's smoking. Magbeto. <laughs> oh, nah, Sherlock Holmes with bees is, is better. <laughs> I've just got Ian McKellen all dressed up in a beekeeper suit <laughs> in my head. Zoom! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but Ian McKellen could carry off Holmes as well, so it's all fine. That's true. Secret identity. Pick him up and run away with him. That's mine! (laughs) Your next one is Brenda. Name a dinner lady. (laughs) What does John Major call himself at the weekend? (laughs) Brenda! Arts and literature uh, is the category for this one. Oh, that helps. What does anyone here read Private Eye? I ah, see so you yeah. did know it. I you do know. know it. What does Private Eye call the Queen? There we go. Ah. What name of Private Eye readers come to associate with the Queen? Your next one, Venus. 
I'm your fire. <laughs> what? <laughs> your desire. Your desire. <laughs> Morning star and evening star. Spot on. Oh, in sir. fact, spot on and very. Mystery biscuits. Oh yeah. Very quick with a what is a fairly non-obvious answer, I'd say. It's used as an example of numerical identity in philosophy. Yes, and in <laughs> linguistics, come to think mm. of it. The morning star and the evening star appear in two separate places on the horizon at different times of day, and were thought to be two objects, but are actually both Venus. Ah, mm. you see there. Which is a problem in linguistics as well, because that means you have two names. For two objects that are actually the same thing, yeah. which computers find it very difficult to cope with. Ah. So trying to dump that into, into a computational linguistic engine is difficult. Hardcore linguistic engine chat. <laughs> oh, 0800, be careful how you pronounce this. It's a free phone? <laughs> Starts off free phone, you know how it is. Then they the talk credit, you into paying for it. And then the credit card. Very well. We talk you very well into paying for it. Completely <laughs> accurately. Your next one then. The 1500 metres. Oh. <laughs> Matt Gray, for the benefit of the tape, gestures at his crotch. <laughs> <laughs> what, you have to find Mo Farah running up it? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> Mobot, Mobot. He's got his own special gesture that he keeps in reserve. <laughs> <laughs> You're laughing in the manner of a slightly startled bird. Uh, the 1500 metres, anyway, gentlemen. Uh, what did Seb Coe get gold in... In the Olympics? It's not to do with anyone who's run it, though. It's uh, what it used to be called. Jetpack Silly Run. <laughs> <laughs> that thing when they just keep going. It used to be known by something else, which was closer to imperial measurements. Well, that's what I'm trying to think. Furlong? What we're looking for is actually the metric mile, which was its old name. Oh, oh right. But it's yeah. not. <laughs> it's not. It's out 100. by about 100 metres. Yeah. yeah. But it used to be called the metric mile. Fair enough. We move on then to Spit the Dog. How do I remove the dog from my mouth? <laughs> Actually, we could get this crazy because I have an example of this man's handiwork at home. Oh, you do have forgotten that from the old. What uh, is the puppet dog of Bob Carroll G's? Yes, from Tiz Was. He's just right. up the road, you know, I think, in Cheshire. Can we go visit him? <laughs> I think he's got a shop at uh, some crafts thing. He has, and the reason we know this is because many, many years ago when we had the show on University Radio. Gary, you were in it for many, many years. I was the longest-serving presenter at that point, somehow. Which means that as a going-away present, when you went off to Aberystwyth, yes. I got you a Bob Carroll G's candle. You did. I have a Carroll G's candle at home, and it's a picture of me getting the biggest wedgie in humanity. Because <laughs> at that point, the top of my pants is at my shoulder level, which is how high the wedgie went. Wow. I'm surprised your undercrackers <laughs> actually stayed intact. I thought there was a danger of rippage on that one. Th- well, actually, Either I- of you or of the undercrackers. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping that it would be, because it would be the final putting up to give someone a big wedgie and a tear, and they all come out. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yes, Bob Carroll, Jesus, uh, comedy dog. Yeah, apparently he now makes candles and may have had to sell Spit the Dog due to uh, falling on hard times. He's still got it. Has he? There's Ross Noble doing a biking around the country on his motorbike and Twitter telling him where to go, and he dropped in there and... He showed him spit the dog. He had another one. He tried to do another uh, a compliment, didn't he? Because at that point, everyone that had a, a, a shit puppet had to have a double act. So the other one was Cough the Cat. Oh, dear. That okay. you imagine was a cat that coughed. But I imagine just like a cat that had cat AIDS, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the greatest comedy character in the world, is it? Well, neither spit it's the cat dog. cat AIDS Charlie. <laughs> 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 That's all the cat did. We'll just go... <laughs> Thinking of, of puppeteers and fake hands and all that. Rod Hall. Yeah. All if right. there was a ghost of Rod Hull, would it have a ghost emu or just have him with his arm out? Like <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd say it'd be, sp- be spookier without the emu. Yeah. Mm. But then if he doesn't get the emu, 
Surely he doesn't get clothes either. It seems like that would be an intrinsic part <laughs> of his body image. So you say we're being haunted by a naked rod hole? Yes. <laughs> and, and Sorry, are... hang on. We are being... Do you know something I don't? Because as far as I know, we're not being haunted <laughs> by a naked... you, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, if you'd actually set up in the window of the studio there, just <laughs> a mannequin, projection. it would really have freaked me out. Just in case we came to talk about the topic, <laughs> and Rod Hull impersonator, and there can't be many of them, <laughs> and then paid him to walk around in the nuddy without the emu, just to freak you out for a gag, that's exactly the kind of shit we'd done if we'd thought about it, you know it is. Your next one then is Jude. Hey. Hey. It's nothing to do with the Beatles. Be obscure. Oh, it is. Nice Very one. quick. <laughs> Who was Thomas Hardy's most obscure character? Well, that's a really silly question. There's got to be more obscure characters say, than absolutely. Jude. Absolutely. Yep. Like some bloke who turns up in one scene as a barman or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's way more obscure than the, someone who's the title of a novel. Who's that? That's mysterious old Barb. That is obscure. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's time for the impossible question of the show. <laughs> Leave it out. What are you most likely to hear a Cockney say? Leave it out. Leave it out. Leave it out. Leave it out. It's something to do with Yorkshire. Rural Yorkshire. Uh, Whippets. Flat caps. Separating fields. Dry stone uh, dry walls. Dry stone walls. How do you get across a dry stone wall? Leave, leave it, it out. out. No. Something that applies to dry stone walls that doesn't apply to any other kind of wall. Mortar. There mm. we go. Hey, yeah. What do you do with mortar when building a dry stone wall? <laughs> That's a really <laughs> Question. That's awful. Yeah. The answer Why? is you don't have any in the first place. If you have any. mortar and then leave it out, you've just wasted mortar. <laughs> yeah, you get all the way to do a dry stone wall. What do you do if you've got mortar and a dry stone wall? Slap yourself for f- sake. If you're not understanding how to make a dry stone wall. Get another contractor. Have a word. Yeah. Your next one then, Winston Churchill. Who is the sexiest prime minister by far? Benjamin Disraeli. We know that. You're right. I mean, Winston's got to be second or third, yeah. really, hasn't he? Yeah. Who fought them on the beaches? Well, he didn't technically do that himself. Well, he would have, and that would have been brilliant. <laughs> yes, it would. <laughs> Put him up. <laughs> you didn't imagine, he would have been there. Well, right, Winston Churchill. Fists or Tommy gun? <laughs> Tommy gun, obviously. No, walking stick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get back over the channel. <laughs> walking what? stick and cutting remarks. <laughs> yeah. I will slay you with my cutting remarks. <laughs> my two major weapons, my stick <laughs> and my acerbic wit. <laughs> two things the Germans don't have. <laughs> Haven't you? I'm thinking walking stick one hand, Tommy gun held in one hand mm. in the other. And still the cigar. Still and the still, cigar. still the cigar on the bowler hat. <laughs> I would turn round and go at that point, because this guy's nails. Have we turned him into a superhero? Yeah. yeah. What we basically have is the British version of Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Yeah, Winston Ooh. Churchill, Nazi Slayer. Actually, I would watch that. Yeah, yeah. who wouldn't? Why did, you see, this is the thing with wars. I mean, uh, why can't it just <laughs> the be... The thing about war... <laughs> have why, you ever noticed? <laughs> why, why don't they just have the two people that started it just slug it out? Because I would watch Churchill versus Hitler in a punch-up. <laughs> Actually, I wouldn't. Why not? Because it wouldn't even get to the third round. Hitler Churchill just, slight, just have him in the first <laughs> just round. Just sit on him. Yeah, but the thing is, there wouldn't have been a war then, would they? Because Hitler, if he knew the rules, if he knew the way it would have to be, is that you've got to take him on one on one, mano a mano, he would be like, all yours. Yeah, yeah. yeah but- I think the point of war is that he doesn't know the rules. <laughs> but this is the thing if he had to do it that way, I think the, the world's history would have been very different. Everyone would have had a whack at Roosevelt, wouldn't they? <laughs> Yeah, but then you know that Iran is going to start, you know, putting Ahmadinejad on steroids. It's not going to end well. 
Well, that's what the Russians are trying. Yeah, but at try. least only one person suffering. And to be fair, it means Putin would pretty much have the world by now. That's true, but we would have elected a different leader, wouldn't we? We'd have had Brian Blessed as Prime Minister by now. True, but America would have had Hulk Hogan. Woof! Now then. Yeah, but he'd have You'd fall past- over, you just touch him somewhere high up and he just collapses. At some stage, though, I mean, I could be wrong about where he came from, but would the French not have had Andre the Giant? Oh, <laughs> fact. Oh, we'd have had Jeff Capes in the 80s. Oh, yeah. Oh, President Capes. <laughs> you would call him sir, wouldn't you? You would, you bloody would. With his little budgie in one hand. <laughs> Is it the anecdote about Winston, you're drunk again? No, it's not. It's actually something he achieved that no one else had done before, other than kicking Hitler's ass. He wrote a history, didn't he? No, this is, uh, this is something that the US gave him. A wedgie? First Congressional Medal of Honor to a non-American, something like that. Very close. Yeah. Some, Heart. That's wounded. Something uh. a bit bigger than just a medal. Right, a bigger honour. Citizenship? There we go. Ah. First honorary citizen of the United States was Winston Churchill. Oh, you must have thought, thanks, can you not get me some DVDs or something? <laughs> something I'd actually use. Oh, great, another tie. Really? <laughs> oh, you shouldn't have. <laughs> Your next one then, Captain Oates. Who made porridge? I was going to say, who is the captain of the Porridge Brigade? Yeah. <laughs> the Porridge Brigade? The, what does that actually mean? It's a famous Scottish regiment. <laughs> Slightly better than Lieutenant Muesli. <laughs> Corporal Full English, on the other hand. He may have a lower rank, rank but he's a badass. Yeah. I was going to say private conflict. That sounds, like, that sounds like a medical condition. <laughs> Don't tell you what. I have the private the conflicts. conflicts. And of course, Sergeant Major Weetabix. <laughs> It's very regular. <laughs> Major Le Croissant. <laughs> Le Président Croissant et un cup of coffee. <laughs> et un cup of coffee. Oui. Yeah. Didn't you claim to have an A star in French GCSE earlier? Yes, yeah. he spoke loudly and slowly. <laughs> oh, that's what I was doing wrong. What was, was it again? Uh, we're still on Captain Oates. I'm going outside, I may be some time. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> Who, in an act of bravery, walked out of Scott's tent? Is that Pro Bat Mountain? (laughs) If I know Scott's tent, it'd have been braver to stay in there. That really underestimates how brave it was to walk out into a blizzard to die. Well, it was quite brave to leave the tent. It's just the leaving of the tent, the rest of it doesn't matter. The dying bit was pretty simple. It was very brave to get out, I thought. (laughs) That's a bit parky out there, but you should have seen how tough that zip was. Oof. (laughs) Really had to pull at it. Sorry. And the zip. <laughs> Your last one then, a muscle. My bum. <laughs> hey! Boom! Say that again, Chris. The gluteus maximus. Yes, the largest example of in the human body. Exactly right, Gary. Me and my giant muscly ass. So at the end of that, congratulations, Chris. Uh, with that, you take the game. Uh, you've won Tony Hawk's pork fork. <laughs> Which is the best tool for barbecuing while speeding at 50 miles an hour on a skateboard. Uh, it'll be fantastic. With that, I've been Tom Scott. I've been Chris. Dog of variable becoming strong. That's Gary. And I'm building decking. And that's Matt. Have a good night. We'll see you next time. <laughs> I love a gag that I can hear thunking out of a podcast before. <laughs> you can hear it flushing. I can. I can just hear the scissors.